Because he lives, that's the song that I wanted our worship team to end our worship time together at today because I really believe as we continue this study through the book of the Psalms that we will understand that God does have a plan. His plan is greater than yours or mine. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. And because he lives, I can still face tomorrow no matter what tomorrow brings. I can relax and I can know that uh, things are going to be okay because he's got me right where he wants me in the palm of his hands. You probably don't remember this, but a few weeks ago, several now, I concluded a message with these words, today is a good day for a good day. I had been watching that week Fixer Upper and one of the things that the JoJo lady had written on someone's wall was, today was the good day for a good day. And you know, since that time, people have found that slogan, those words on various options, and they have brought them my way. And now I have a dish towel in my kitchen, or in Debbie's kitchen, I should say, that says, today is a good day for a good day. Now, I can't use that dish towel because it's a special one. And you know, those towels show up in the bathrooms sometimes and in the kitchens where no matter how wet your hands are, you can't use them because they're special. So as she was telling me that, I just started wiping myself off and trying to figure it out. I also have a, a wall hanging, a beautiful thing that said today is a good day for a good day. And I thought of a great place to put that in my office. But my wife said, no, that's going in our house. So I guess it was a good day for her that she had a good day, but not so much for me. And I think as we look at this scripture today, even though David knew what it meant to be alone and lonely, and even though he knew what it meant to be afraid, and even though he knew what it meant to be depressed, and even though he knew what it meant to hurt, he still had the ability, the presence, to shape his attitude so that his attitude could provide a good outcome. I want to kind of walk us through that today in Psalms chapter 5. We've just started this study, and for those of you maybe who are new to church or back to church uh, for the first time, I really believe that the Bible, even though it was written years ago, has a lot to say to us today, and I challenge you to, um, uh, to figure that out today as we talk about this thing called attitude. Most say that attitude is more important than the past. They say it's more important than education, than money, than circumstances. It's more important than what other people think, say, or do. And it's more important than appearance, giftedness, and skill. Attitude will make or break any company, any church, any home, any family. The remarkable thing, we have a choice every day regarding our attitude and how we will embrace it that day. We can't change the past. We can't change the fact that people will act and say and do things in a certain way. We can't change the inevitable, but we can control our our attitude. So would you agree with that that has been said so far today? Attitude is something that we can, can, can 
control, something that we can change, something that we can, can direct. They say there's two kinds of attitudes. There's good attitude and there's bad attitude. Have you ever met someone who needed an attitude adjustment? We usually think in terms of that when we're dealing with our kids, but just remember these are paybacks because you were a kid once too and someone had to adjust your attitude a time or two. Attitude plays a big part in who we are and how we approach life. I like the story of Abraham Lincoln. Evidently, he shows the relationship between attitude and who we are. They had a cabinet position open, and he was listening to one of his advisors about who to fill that position. And Lincoln balked as he heard the name, and he said, I don't like the man's face. And his aide said, but sir, he can't be held accountable or responsible for his face. And then Lincoln said, every man over 40, I guess that was the magic number, every man over 40 is responsible for his face. When I see his sour expression, I see that outward expression of the inner man, and we don't need that kind of thing around here. Sometimes attitudes speak louder than words. It's been said that misery loves company, but company does not love misery. And sometimes it's, it, it's easy for a negative or for a bad attitude to take control of the situation. This lady was at a local Walmart and she was making a big purchase. She had already had a long day. She would probably describe it as a bad day. And now she had some cleaning that she knew she needed to catch up on at home. And she was standing in line with an armful of cleaning supplies and a mop and a broom. And everything was going slow in that line. Do you know what I mean? Whenever you go to the grocery store or somewhere, it seems like everybody else's line is moving faster than yours. Especially when you're in a hurry. So she began to criticize everything about the store, about the items, about the clerk, about, you know, she just started just kind of melting down right there. And finally, when she got to her place in line, the, the clerk had to do a price check on one of her items. And she said, I'll be lucky if I get out of here and home by midnight. And he knows he shouldn't have said it. But it just kind of came out, and he responded, Don't worry, ma'am. With the wind kicking up out there and with that brand new broom you have there, you'll be home in no time. <laughs> Sometimes the bad attitude takes over the good person, doesn't it? And we know that, and we understand that, and Attitude plays a big part of who we are and how we approach life. And usually, usually now, a good attitude brings good results. And usually a bad attitude usually brings with it bad or negative results. How you spend the first hour of your day, some say, plays a major role in determining how the rest of your day will go. So, psychologists will tell us, 
If you begin your day the right way, you have a better chance of ending it the right way. If you begin your day the wrong way, you have a good chance of ending your day the wrong way. So the man who knew what it meant to be a champion, the man who was a mighty warrior, the man who knew what it felt like to be afraid, to be chased for his life, to be depressed, to be anxious, to be stressed, he begins in verse 1 of chapter 5 with these words. Give ear or give listen to my words, O Lord. Consider my, my groanings, my sighings. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and I wait in expectation. You are not a God who takes pleasure in evil and with you the wicked cannot dwell. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all that you, or you hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty and deceitful men the Lord abhors. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house in reverence. Will I bow down toward your holy temple? Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make straight your way before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their hearts are filled with destruction. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongue they speak deceit. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them from their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. It's easy to see that David was going through a hard time in his life. He begins by addressing God. He goes on to describe his enemies. And then he reassures in his mind and hopefully in God's that he had a promise to take care of those who righteously follow him. So when you're wanting to have a good day, when you're wanting to get off to a good start, maybe these characteristics you could apply to your life, the same ones that David applied to his when he was going through a rough time. And the first thing is to get up earlier than you have to to take time to pray. Seriously, get up earlier to pray? How many people are early people, early morning people? How many people kind of get going in the late evening? Okay, there's some out there. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. It looks like same way first service. A lot of people are early people. Getting up a little bit early to spend some time in prayer. That's what he says he does in verse 3. He says, early in the morning, I bring my requests, my issues before you. And that's how he would begin his day. 
early in the morning. And there are many passages throughout Old Testament and New Testament that speak to this getting a good start on things. Mark 1.35 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went out to a solitary place and he prayed. Psalms 59.16, in the morning, I will sing for your love. Psalms 88, 13, O Lord, in the morning my prayer comes before you. Psalms 92, 1 and 2, it is good to praise the Lord, to proclaim your love for him in the morning. Psalms 143, 8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Now before we go any further, we have to establish a fact So does God just listen to us in the morning? Does he take the afternoon off? Is he kind of not approachable in the evening because he has some meetings set up with the angels for various things? God will listen in the afternoon. He will listen in the evening. The deal is we just need to pray to him. And a lot of times if you want to make your day as best as it possibly can be, maybe you need to start a little bit earlier and praying to him in the morning. And it seems like the majority of people here are morning people. And that shouldn't be that big a deal. However, we have a tendency sometimes to not quite get there. And the writer of this psalm said that early in the morning is when he got his day going and he got it going with God. The second characteristic that I encourage, I encourage you to fill your mind with words and music of praise. And you know, I don't know how you deal with this, but if you're praying in the morning, usually it's a little bit easier at that time to go ahead and crack a book open and read whatever you have chosen for that day told you last week I was behind on my Bible reading. Reading through the Bible thing is kind of a rough. Can anybody relate to that? I caught up this week. I'm where I ought to be. But you know what? I got another week coming. In fact, I was a little bit of a day ahead so that I could start this week slow. So I need to work on that kind of thing because I have a tendency to let other things interrupt my prayer and study time. And you don't even have to be reading through the Bible. There are so many good resources out there. If you want a resource to put into your hands, if you're sportsy, I got a sportsy resource for you. If you're not so sportsy, I got another resource that you might be able to use to help you during your study time. The thing is, we need to have a study time. And we also need to fill our minds with Songs of praise. If you get into my car, I listen to Caleb quite a bit. I listen to Wiki and I listen to Sports Talk Radio. So I can probably hook you up with any three of those any time of day if you want to ride around town with me. However, I think we need to constantly fill ourselves with good things. Usually if I start singing, the guys back there turn me off. They don't enjoy my joyful noise. 
And you don't have to be a tremendous vocalist. The Bible just says make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, we've done some things through the years here with prayer. We've had 24 hours of prayer. You sign up for a prayer time, and you might be in a room all by yourself for an hour or so. And you have a chance to read Scripture. You have a chance to pray. You have a chance to sing your lungs out, to blow them out for the cause of Christ. You know, if someone has a birthday, what do we like to sing? That little song. Remember? The old gray mare, she ain't what? That's not it, right? It's a happy birthday song. They are the person of honor. They are the one that we come to celebrate. I wonder how God feels every Sunday when his people gather around to sing praises to his name. You know, when we get the happy birthday thing going on, it's kind of embarrassing, right? Especially if it's in a public place, but I wonder how God feels Sunday when his people gather together to sing praises to him and to his son Jesus. And you know, there's just something about song that kind of... uh, um, unarms all of us. Some of us may be pretty good singers in the shower. We would never sing in public. But God calls us to come and to make a joyful sound. And you know, as I read Scripture, if, if I don't ask myself this question, I think I'm just going through the motions and reading Scripture. So I encourage you to do the same thing. After I read a a text, I might ask myself, what is this scripture saying to me today? You know, I've read through the Bible in the past, and I'm at another season in my life now. And what I read when I was a lot younger doesn't seem to mean as much as some of the texts that speak right to someone my, my age. So I ask myself, what is this text speaking or telling me, I also ask myself, if, 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 is it trying to point out something in my life that I need to change? And you know, we're all grown up here, right? Who needs change, right? We don't like change too much, especially when it comes to spiritual things. I don't even like to change toothpaste, do you? And now we're talking about changing our spiritual walk, and I have to ask myself, is this piece of Scripture asking me or telling me that I need to change something? I also ask myself if it's telling me to step out in faith. Anybody here like walking by faith? I'm not a big fan. It's scary, isn't it? To step out into the unknown and to do things outside your comfort zone. Anybody here have a special chair at home? What kind is it? Is it a lazy boy? Anyone here have a lazy girl at home? You like to say that? I mean, I have my spot. I have my spot. It's what I like to, where I like to land, get all my flickers around me, and I like to flick and fall asleep right there in my spot. I'm comfortable there. You know what I have learned spiritually? I don't think God wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to be uncomfortable. And if you are comfortable, if you are sitting here today and you are pretty comfortable on your spiritual walk, I'm here to tell you, you're probably not walking by faith. Because it's not until God has your whole world where? In his hands. That you begin to make changes. Throughout scripture, God did change some circumstances. 
but more times than not, he changed people. How long did the Israelites wander in the wilderness before they made it to the promised land? Years. And it was all because they were disobedient and not able to listen to the Word of God. And then I usually ask myself if there's some kind of action I need to change today to make this Bible read stand out. Now, I got to tell you, when I was going through Leviticus, those of you who are reading too, I wanted nothing to do with the Hammurabi codes, and I didn't care about killing someone's ox or pushing someone's donkey out of the way. It didn't have anything to apply to my life, but it did tell me that sin is punished. There are consequences, and God's way will always be God's way. So it never fails. God will speak. The problem is we need to learn to listen. And we aren't very good at listening, are we? At least I'm not. In fact, my wife tells me I'm not even very good at seeing. If I can't find my belt, it ticks me off. She'll go into the closet and find it in less than five seconds. And she'll say, here's your belt. And I'll say, thank you very much. And I'll say, I didn't see it. And she says, well, you look like a man. And I said, I didn't hear that. And she says, well, that's because you listen like a man too. Okay, 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 okay. I get it. We need to get to the place where um, we start our day off in the presence of God. And that means in prayer, in study, and it also means um, doing things to please Him. The last thing that I think this passage speaks to, the third thing I recommend you do is item by item, surrender each part of your day to him. And if that means me pausing long enough to pray for my meals, morning, noon, and night, I pray that God gives me the sense to do that. Just to stop long enough to say thanks. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of broccoli, but if this is where it's at, okay, I'll make it happen. That might mean um, that we uh, spend time at night in prayer, closing our day with prayer, I'm kind of a list kind of guy. Every week I need to make me a list on Monday of what I want to accomplish that week. And I get some kind of perverted pleasure at crossing those things out. Do you do that kind of stuff? I mean, i got to do that. i, I got to make a list. I want to have a plan. I want to know where I'm going. Right now my small group, um, we're already off of our plan. I give them a plan every year. I have us mapped out through September. When we start next year... Tonight, or this week, we're going to Cheddar's Restaurant for just a night out, and that's because we're already off our plan. We were supposed to go last week, but we're a week behind or a week ahead. We're off our plan. Just kind of wired that way. We're studying Revelation in Sunday school, and I am mapped out till summertime. Today, we met it through the first book, first chapter of Revelation, and we've been in it five weeks. Michael knows where I'm going with sermons through July. Now, I always require the freedom to have a female attack and change my mind. Today, I had retitled the message, Today is a Good Day for a Good Day. Because it just seems to fall right where it needs to fall. That appeared in the bulletin, right? What did it say on the screen? Something like getting started. That was my first title. 
and I changed my mind, and Diane evidently understood my scribblings. Michael evidently didn't understand, or he just wanted to mess up my good day. I'm just wired that way. I want to have a list. I want to get down that thing, and I want to have a plan, because if we don't plan, I think we plan to fail. So, giving our time to God, surrendering each part of our day to Him, goes a long way. Verse 3, in the morning I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. In the King James Version, it says, O Lord, in the morning I will direct my prayer to you, and I will look up. David is saying, I will look up, I'll wait with expectation. As I bring my request to you in the morning, I will look to you for answers. Isn't that a great way to start your day? If you want to get your day off to a good start, if you want today to be a good day, then bring every part of who you are to him and you will be amazed at how God works. So claiming God as your partner, starting your day in the right way, speaking to him in prayer and listening to him through praise and scripture, item by item will be influenced by the hand of God. And it's all about our attitude. In Evansburg, not Evansville, Evansburg, a village west of Edmonton, the people there took the liberty of making a sign, kind of a handmade sign, uh, welcoming people into their village. Here's what the sign says. Welcome to Evansburg, the thriving village with clean air, fresh water, and friendly people. Population 600 plus 29 dogs, 41 cats, and one old grouch. Do you think the people of the village know who the old grouch is? Do you think he's the only one who knows who he is or she is? Or do you think the person who wrote that sign, who created that sign, they are the one and only who knows who this old grouchy person is? Although all 600 may feel incriminated, it's likely the person who added to the sign is the only one who knows who the grouch is, maybe. Unfortunately, in most groups, more, most organizations, there is at least one old, young grouch. A person or persons who complains constantly. A person or person who always sees the dark side of things. And perhaps all of us should ask the question today. Is that me? Am I that person? If so, Father God, please change my attitude. Please change my words, my lifestyle, to be more like your son, Jesus. We wouldn't want to be that person, would we? Or would we? It's been said, misery may love company, but company doesn't love misery. 
And if today is a good day for a good day, it starts with your attitude and your relationship with Jesus. Let me close with this this morning. Nine-year-old boy, his name was Austin. He was scheduled to have his tonsils removed. And when he was laying there before they had everything going, the anesthesiologist came in and he had on this funky hat that had frogs all over it. And the little guy really liked the hat. And they talked for a wee bit. And then on the doctor's way out, the anesthesiologist, the little guy said, hey. The doctor said, you need something? And the little guy said, do you go to church? And the anesthesiologist said, no, I've been thinking about going, but I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. And the little boy said, you ought to go to church. Jesus is pretty cool. And then he says, are you saved? And the doctor says, well, no, but I've been thinking about that too. And off they went. After the surgery, the anesthesiologist came out to talk to mom and dad. And he said, I never, I never do this. I never come out and talk to the parents, but i got to tell you what your little boy did. And mom and dad are thinking, oh my gosh, what do you do now? You know? And he shared the conversation. And when I put the mask on him, he, he, he told me he... He indicated he wanted to say something, and he said, can I pray? And the little boy prayed for the doctor and the nurses, and he prayed that his new friend with the funny hat would start going to church and he would get saved. And he said, I just wanted to come out and tell you what kind of of boy you got. And then mom went to grab something to eat for her and dad. and She went into the elevator, and one of the nurses was there and said, hey, got to tell you, we've been praying for this guy for a long time. When they went down to the cafeteria, the anesthesiologist was there too, and he told his nurse friend, I know you guys have been praying for me for a long time. I want to know if I could go to church with you Sunday. I want to hear about this whole saved thing. That little boy kind of got to me. Anybody ever got to you? I mean, I wonder, spiritually speaking, where you are. I wonder what your attitude's like today. Is this a place that you come to to worship, or is it a place that you come to because you think you have to? I mean, it's easy to determine people's lifestyles by how they live their attitudes. That's why we have communion here every Sunday. We give God the chance to adjust our attitudes. We pray for grace, forgiveness. We celebrate, we thank Him. We pray that He might give us the ability to to have a good day. I'm here to tell you, maybe today can be a good day for you. It It all depends on your relationship with Jesus. Makes all the difference in the world. Will you pray with me? Father God, we, we thank you.